greater way to usher in the very presence of God. Amen. Than to invite him into the very midst of us. Very select few of us today, based on the weather in our local area, a lot of threatening showers, some heavy downpours this morning. So we made a, made a decision to do um, a video today versus our drive-in service, which God has so faithfully blessed us with through a number of not weeks, but months. Amen. As we are so blessed to congregate together. So many don't have this privilege. Amen. So we are thanking God for the freedom that we have to join together as the corporate body of believers. I pray for all of those who are listening, all those who are watching today via Facebook Live. Thank you for tuning in. We want to get right to the word of the Lord today. Praise God. We find it in the time of crisis, in the time of disturbances, in the time of turmoil, that there is nothing that comforts us like the Word of God and the presence of the Lord. And I felt this would be very uplifting and encouraging to the body of believers today. I have nothing to do with the song selection. But I thank God that it was in alignment with what God wanted us to promote today in the way of a message. Nothing new, the Bible tells us, nothing new under the sun. I'm certain that you have heard these verses expounded upon in times past. But we want to we glean together from the Word of God today, recording the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus, chapter 14. Just giving you a little historical backdrop up to that point. We remember there were 430 years the children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt under the mighty hand of Pharaoh. But how many of you know today that God both hears and answers prayer? And when the appropriate time came, God raised up a deliverer in the form of Moses later served as the great lawgiver to the nation of Israel. And for the sake of time, I just wanna, I just wanna paraphrase what was taking place. The children of Israel, after the 10 plagues had plagued the land of Egypt, all this according to the plan of God, that Pharaoh finances the children of Israel's trip out of Egypt. Amen. And they leave. And a lot of people, because we emphasize so much of uh, an 11 days journey that took 40 years, that's if they would have went in a straight line, Brother Jerry, from Egypt to the land of Canaan. It could have taken as short as 11 days. But they wandered, Brother Arbus, in the wilderness for 40 years. We focus on that so much that we miss the point that part of their wandering was a part of God's plan. Because the Lord gives Moses instructions on where the children of Israel are to camp. So many people would say, well, all they did was walk around in circles. They, 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 can, they, they accepted defeat. They just walked around in circles. No, we need to understand clearly part of this was the word of God 
because the Lord had charted their course. And today's text finds us with the children of Israel standing before the Red Sea and the armies of Pharaoh pursuing them from behind. Exodus 14, verse 13, and the scripture so states, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. I want to use a thought in your presence today, the strength of his hands. The strength of his hands. God, Lord, I know that you anoint place today before this group of people and an audience that's viewing. And Lord, we pray that your word will go out and impact the hearts of all those listening and those viewing today. Strengthen us, even in this current time. May we find a renewed courage as the people of God through your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The strength of his hands. That word strength is mentioned over 300 times throughout the pages of God's word. And it applies to both natural and supernatural strength. It often links the word strength to the power of God. Listen as Paul encourages us in his letter to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But we need to understand, Brother Gerald, something very, very clearly. That the strength that we possess is not of our own. That our strength comes from the Lord. You see, God's strength is displayed throughout the entirety of the scriptures. It's seen in many of his works. And we could trace the steps from the recording of the book of Exodus and God's great deliverance of the children of Israel out of Egypt. We can move on, amen, even a little bit further in the books to Joshua when God empowered Israel to defeat Jericho. So we see again the strength of God on display. Let's, let's, let's move a little further, amen. Not only did God part the Red Sea, but according to Joshua chapter 10, the sun stood still and the moon stopped all because of the power of God. I want to say to us today that universal forces, gravitational forces, atmospheric forces, none of those, amen, are any match for the power of God. He's so powerful, Brother Gerald, that he stood before the tomb of a dead man in John chapter 11 and verse 43 and he called him by his name and the scripture said in grave clothes Lazarus came forth. Anybody today relying on the strength of his hands? Oh praise the name of God. Even death was no match for the power of God. 
How can we align ourselves with the strength of God? He said in Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How is that possible? Well, the only way that that's possible, dear saints of God, is that we align ourselves, praise the name of the Lord, by being submissive unto the Lord. James 4 and 7, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How is that possible, Sister Sanyasha, based on who we are? It's not possible because in ourselves we are nothing. We are no match for the enemy. It's only by the power of God in the strength of the Lord that we become, amen, equipped to battle the forces of hell and the forces of evil. Are we relying today on the strength of God's hands? You see, our strength is found in Jesus. And having a dynamic, intimate, vibrant relationship with him is the key. I want to ask you a question today. What are you facing? What battle is raging in your life? The word battle means to fight. It means an encounter between enemies. It means an engagement. Are you today whom are listening and viewing, are you struggling financially? Are you having marital issues? Are you in the midst of a custody battle? Has your workplace become a war zone? Are you struggling with an addiction, possibly even a bad diagnosis of cancer or some other disease? Maybe you have lost a loved one to COVID-19. I want to ask the question today, what is your battle? What are you fighting? Wouldn't it be comforting to know today that you're not in this fight alone, that God is fighting for us and there is no problem, hallelujah, that's beyond the scope of God's care for his own beloved children. Nothing in the entirety of the existing known world is a match for the strength of God. We need to take comfort in knowing that today, friends. Hallelujah. There is no equal, there is no rival, no king or kingdom uh, that can stand against the power of our God. You see, in today's text, Israel appears to be in a seemingly impossible situation. Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever felt like, as the old phrase goes, that we're caught between a rock and a hard place? Ever heard that in your life? What does that mean? It simply means that we feel uh, that the situation is impossible. Do you know that Pharaoh himself thought that the children of Israel were bewildered? He thought that they were aimlessly lost. They had no compass. They had no GPS. They're wandering around in the desert. Little did Pharaoh know that he was playing right into the strength of God's hand. Why? Because God, Brother Jerry, had a few things that he had to prove. Number one, God had to prove that he is is our deliverer, that he alone is our salvation. Somebody missed a good place ought to give him praise. If you're looking for the systems of the world to bring that into your life and what you need, you're looking in all the wrong places. It can only be found in the strength of God's hands. He had to prove to Israel, I am your deliverer and your salvation. What's the second life lesson that God had to prove to Israel? That you are incapable of escaping the situation on your own. Oh, my, 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 that ought to register with us real clear today. We are incapable of escaping 
situations on our own. Then what's the key? Wait on the Lord. And the word wait doesn't mean to sit idly by and do nothing. The word wait simply means to occupy a state of readiness. That means that when God, hallelujah, gets ready, when the decree is issued, when God releases the order, that you will already be primed and ready to go. Ah, my, 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 you say, Pastor, you're preaching with such confidence today. That's because I'm relying on the strength of his hand. Somebody said, you don't have all the answers and never have I claimed to but I assure you today that I'm serving a God hallelujah that created all that we see and all that we now know the word of God said he spoke it and there it was the strength of his hands thirdly God had to prove amen that he would gain glory over Egypt and over Pharaoh. Look at Exodus 14 and 4. And I will again gain honor over Pharaoh and all his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. We all too often forget that the battles in our life and where God has brought us from was a part of his plan. We all too often forget that. We face problems and we can't see our way around and we automatically begin to feel like the nation of Israel. We feel cornered. Remember that phrase I stated earlier? Between a rock and a hard place. We feel that way at times because life can come at us in a hurry. What does that really mean? Caught between a rock and a hard place. Well, I can tell you this, it's a difficult situation. And it forces us to choose between two equally unpleasant courses of action. If we haven't consulted God, if we haven't put our faith and complete trust in the Lord, then it forces us to make a choice between two equally unpleasant courses of action. Thank God today for the Lord's long arm and for the Lord's strong hand. Oh, my, my, the Bible tells us that God didn't choose Israel because she was the best. God didn't choose Israel because she was the greatest. God didn't choose Israel for her resources because she was glamorous. But God chose Israel because she was the least among the nations. And listen what Moses writes in his farewell address. Deuteronomy. 26 and 8. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. So what do we need to do today, Pastor? All we need to do is review the history of God with his people. If we review the history of God with his people, it's there that in reflection we will look back over time and we will see the strength of our God on full display. We'll remind ourselves, somebody needs to get this, that if he did it before, oh, bless the name of God, he can do it again. If he can stand before the tomb of a dead man and bring him back to life, if he can stand before the army of Egypt and Pharaoh and part the waters of the Red Sea, I want to report today that God can do it again. I don't know what you may be facing on an individual basis.
basis. But I want to tell you that the same God of his word is the same God provide, amen, sitting right now presiding over the affairs of the entire world. I'm going to place my faith in the strength of God's hands. You say, Pastor, we don't know what tomorrow holds. Oh, but how comforting is it to know who holds tomorrow? And that's the Lord. You see, the Lord promises to fight for you and I, his people. What is a promise? It's a declaration. That declaration binds the person who made it to perform a specific task. Didn't God promise to fight for them? Didn't he say in verse 14, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. All my numerous accounts in the scriptures record God fighting for his people. You want to talk about miraculous delivery. You want to talk about something that's just mind-boggling. How about Judges chapter 7 and 8, the battle where Gideon selected 300 men and in the strength of God's hand defeated the Midianite army in excess of 135,000. I imagine heroes would like those odds. Took 300 men in the strength of God's hand and defeated a Midianite army. 135,000 strong. We've heard that story where Gideon laid out a fleece before God. How God instructed him to select choice men who would wage this war. That was only orchestrated by the hand of God. We're all familiar with 1 Samuel chapter number 17. We understand that very clear. 1 Samuel 17 records the story of the shepherd boy David who defeats a well-trained giant whose name was Goliath. Undoubtedly, saints of God, this is one of the best known stories in all of the Bible. A story that reveals miraculous delivery at the hand of God. How could it even been possible? How could a, a ruddy little shepherd boy even have courage to go out and fight the giant? He was placing his confidence in the strength of God's hands. Amen, saints. But I want to talk about a story that we're not too familiar with today. And that story is recorded in the book of 2 Kings chapter number 18. 2 Kings chapter 18. The Bible tells us that during this time, Hezekiah was the king of Judah. Sennacherib was the king of Assyria. And he reigned from 720 to 683 B.C. Now scripture tells us that after attacking and capturing 46 of Judah's fortified cities, Sennacherib feels pretty confident. But how many know nobody's a match for God? How many know that not one king or one army or any vast kingdom is any match for God? You see, after subduing all those enemies and laying straight the path before you, anyone could feel a little cocky. I'm going to use that word. Anyone could feel a little arrogant and feel that the whole world was at their fingertips because they had laid to waste everyone in their path. The Bible tells us 
that he had overthrown those peoples and their gods like Gozan and Haran and Rezeph and the people of Eden who were in Telazar, Hamath who was the king of Arphad. But the Bible tells me when everybody else would have panicked and lost their wits, the Bible tells me Hezekiah did something real important. And what did Hezekiah do? Hezekiah prayed unto God. He sought the Lord. He prayed to God. Amen. He knew that even though, and he even acknowledged, Brother Tyler, he acknowledged that Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, was a powerful force. But he also acknowledged that the power of God was even stronger. Can I get one witness in this house today that knows that God is stronger than any force in the universe, that knows that God is stronger than any sickness, that God is more powerful than any disease in the universe and Hezekiah acknowledged these things and he prayed to God how many of you know that when you pray to God that God is listening that it gets his attention and how many of you know today friend of mine that prayer will move the heart of God you see the Bible tells me that, that God sent the prophet down to Hezekiah's house and told him he was going to die he better get his house in order but the word of the Lord said that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall now scripture doesn't record what Hezekiah said but I can promise you that it was something along these lines Lord you know hallelujah you're the God of my salvation and in you alone do I I put my trust. Lord, I've attempted to be faithful in your service. Don't you tell me that those types of things won't move the heart of God. The word of the Lord said before the prophet left the courtyard that God told him to turn around and tell Hezekiah, I'm going to add to your life 15 more years. I'm talking about the strength of the hands of God. Yeah, Hezekiah acknowledged so Necherib and the army of Assyria, they were powerful. But his God was more powerful. Pastor, do you have scripture to prove that? Absolutely. God spoke through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 37 and 33. And Isaiah penned these words, Therefore thus says the Lord, Concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege mound against it. Oh my God, God thwarted the efforts of Sennacherib. Sennacherib had conquered 46 cities, amen, fortified cities of Judah and set his heart on destroying Jerusalem. But how many of you know, even in the New Testament, the Bible, said as the mountains are around about Jerusalem so the Lord is around about his people if you were looking for a good place to shout it just walks right by you amen I don't know about you but I'm going to put my faith and my confidence in the Lord not only did God use Isaiah to prophesy this this physically happened somebody said pastor now how can you be so sure because in one night, according to 2 Kings chapter 19, the angel of the Lord, hallelujah, the Lamb of God, he went through the camp of the Assyrians and in one night he killed 185,000 fighting men. In one night. Do you think that influenced Sennacherib's decision? You better believe it did. Because again, as it was prophesied through the prophet Isaiah, 
Sennacherib returned to Nineveh, the Assyrian capital, and was in the temple worshiping his, as Brother Stephen Con Hunt can say, worshiping his little G-O-D when two of his sons Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Just like the prophet foretold it. Two of his sons, Adramelech and Sherezer, they went into the temple of their foreign god and with a sword they killed their own father. I'm going to place my confidence in the strength of God's hand. I'm trying to wrap this up, saints. Oh, I'm praying to God that it will encourage somebody today because we as the people of God, we need to learn to trust God in all things. Trust God in all things. The word trust means confidence. It means reliance on the integrity of another. Whose integrity can we trust more than that of God? Whose wholesome character can we place value in anymore than God. Oh my, you see, people want to promote the idea that trusting God is difficult. Trusting God's not difficult. Trusting God is not difficult. We begin to ask ourselves all kinds of questions in relation to trusting God. We begin to say, is God really in control? We begin to say things in our own mind like, how much control does God have? You better check yourself. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. How much control does God have? I want to tell you. They didn't have a rally for him in Lumberton yesterday. He ain't trying to be nobody. He already is. You ought to give it up for him today. Hallelujah to God. He ain't running for office. Hallelujah. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. You didn't put him in the office and you can't take him out. You didn't elect him and thank the living God. You can't impeach him. He is God. He ain't perpetrating. He's not trying to be somebody. He already is God. Hallelujah. I'm going to place my faith in the strength of God's hands. How much control does God have? Oh my, you see, if God's control is not complete, then, then, then who is in control? And, and what is in control if it's not God? And, and, and pastor, how can I learn to put my trust in that there's one word? There's one word that needs to stick in your heart today. How, 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 how can I trust that God is in control of all things? How? The word sovereignty. The word sovereignty. That's how I can trust. Because the word sovereignty means that God is in the complete, total, independent control of every creature, every event, and every circumstance in history. Man, I feel the preacher. Hallelujah. Can I tell you today that there, hallelujah, whoo, hallelujah, there's not one event that has gone unnoticed by God. Can I tell you that God is not subject to anyone? That God is not fluent, influenced by anyone? Can I tell you today that he has no party affiliation, that he is neither liberal, Democrat, nor Republican, amen? He is God, and he's God right by himself. It's the word of God in the book of Psalms that tells us from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Don't you get it twisted when life throws you a curveball. Don't you get sidetracked when it looks like Satan is trying to derail the fiber of your existence. Don't you get lost in the shuffle. You need to know this 
if you don't know anything that God is still God and that won't ever change. That won't ever change. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. God is omnipotent. That means he's all powerful. God is omniscient. That means he is all knowing. God is omnipresent, which means he is everywhere at the same time. Somebody ought to give him praise. Hallelujah. Listen to what Isaiah 46 and 10 says about God. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are yet to come. Saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Now knowing this, it should calm our fears and bring all of us great comfort. Somebody said I couldn't sleep last night. My response is, honey, the Lord was awake. You ought to went to sleep. Gentlemen, I've tried to witness to a number of times on my job, said I don't want to hear that Jesus junk. I don't want to hear nothing about God. But just as soon as little Kim in North Korea said to the world, I've got the capability to launch a nuclear website to the continental United States. This guy said to me, what do you think of that? And my response to him was, I'm going home and I'm going to bed tonight just like I have every other night because I'm not worried about little Kim and I'm not worried about any other human being. I said, but on the contrary, sir, if I were you, I didn't know Jesus through repentance and confession of sin then I might be a little bit worried but I'm not going to worry because the God that I serve is in the sovereign control of every aspect of my life and I have no need at all to fear can you take comfort in that today oh my you see trusting God comes through knowing God How can I better know God? Through the only book ever written that has stood the test of time. The Bible. The accurate, inerrant, infallible, life-giving word of the living God. You see, the Bible is the single source of power that can change our lives forever. In my conclusion, can I say this to you today who are listening? We can only be victorious when we are obedient. We can only experience victory through obedience in the word of God. But friend of mine, it takes diligent effort to know God. It takes diligent effort. Amen. That means that we have to work daily at applying ourselves to know the Lord.
It's not going to fall out of heaven in our laps. We're going to have to put in a body of work to better know God. And the word of the Lord says this, if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we're going to be filled. Are you today finding the comfort and counsel that you need in the word of God? Are you placing complete and total confidence in the strength of God's hands? If you're not today, let me help you understand. We're only going to win the victory as we're obedient to the commands of God. God told the children of Israel to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord that he would accomplish for them that day. And he tells us that he is fighting for us and that we can hold our peace. If we're proactive and impatient, we can miss the blessing of God. If we think that God is telling us to do something when God hasn't spoken, we're going to miss the blessing. If, if we're premature and we get ahead of God, we are not assured of victory. But if we will move in step with God, Brother Jerry, if we will align ourselves with the will of God and listen to his every command, then we are as assured of victory as we are of heaven. Hallelujah, and we can be as assured of heaven as if we were already there. Somebody said to me once, you can go to heaven. I said, Jesus said we could. Amen. And he made a way. And I'm placing my complete and total confidence today in the strength of God's hand. Pastor, you're not worried about COVID-19? No. I'm going to use common sense, exercise wisdom, and what God has given me. Well, preacher, the Bible said if we take up a serpent, it wouldn't harm us. The Bible said if we drink any deadly thing, it wouldn't hurt us. Friend of mine, don't take the word of God out of context. That meant at unawares. It didn't mean if you saw a rattlesnake down there that you were going to go grab it. Don't take the word of God out of context. It didn't mean that I would drink a glass of battery acid thinking that it wouldn't harm me. That's just being foolish. But if we will take the word of God place our complete and total confidence in the Lord our God then we're assured of victory you believe that today he loves you and he loves you like with a love like no other we pray that he has used his word today and that we have communicated it in such a way that it would encourage you on your Christian journey we love you in the love of the Lord thank you for tuning in may you be blessed today and in every future endeavor to serve and to please God. God bless you.